Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father God. And thank you, River of Life. Because you got to thank the Trinity. Now, what is the Trinity? They taught me in Bible college that it's like an egg. The Father is the yolk. Jesus is the, the whites. And the Holy Spirit's the shell. You know, something like that. The Trinity. It's one egg, but it's got three parts. I tell you what. Revelation 22, verse 1, is the Trinity in you. Did you know the Trinity is in you? Colossians 2.10, in the Amplified Classic, which goes into the Greek definitions of the words, says that you're made full of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and reach full spiritual stature. So what is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in you, in your spirit? You have a spirit, you have a soul, and you have a body. You're eternity, but you need God in order to be glorified out from the curse of the fall of living as mere animals. And that's what it is. When you live in the abilities of the flesh, you're living as animals. No man and woman and child was created to live as an animal. That's the curse of the fall. Amen. And if mommy and daddy walk in a lot of glory, little infants won't walk like animals. They'll walk like angels. They'll have angelic abilities in utero from birth. So you just raise yourself in the glory, then you raise your family in the glory, and you get your glory abilities. That's what it's all about. It's about growing in Christ, your new creation reality ability. Hallelujah. We want to get into the gifts, and I tell you the truth, gifts are a small part of the ability. They are. Gifts are a small part of the ability. The charismatic church has turned it into the entire thing. I mean, it's just like it's all about the gifts. And whoever's got the gifts, and not everyone has those gifts, so it's like everyone's a, a pew warmer. You know, 99% of them are pew warmers. What is, that doesn't build up the body into the maturity of the head. Gifts don't build up the body into the maturity of the head. Do you notice that? You got like one out of a million Christians that has these sovereign gifts and they're so gifted and they have all the pulpits and every single one of them is a millionaire. Most of them have multiple mansions, even in your charismatic churches. Multi they're flying around in jets and, and you know, they'll dress real modestly, but they got millions and millions of dollars in their bank accounts. And it's like people just poured into their gifts. That does not build up the body. Gifts are not the answer. Gifts are for special people, but everyone's special when they realize Christ in them. Realizing Christ in you will build you up as members of the body into the head, into the third heaven glory. <laughs> realizing the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Godhead, in your internal hidden person of the heart, your spirit man, is what will build up you bench warmers. And, you know, I'm kind of on the sidelines, too, here, too, living in a cave, the cave of Abdullah here, hiding from Saul in the charismatic church every day. We'll still live in a crack house in the ghetto. You know, seriously, this is the cave of Abdullah. No doubt about it. We're on the sidelines, too. We're, we're completely outside of organized religion by the Trinity, by the power of the Godhead. 
Not, I didn't choose any of this. It's, it's happened to me. And the Father's used it. And it's good, and it's glory, and it's prophetic, and it's the river, and it's the Godhead working. It is absolutely the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit working to build up the body out from the prison system of just those with gifts on the stage. They don't share the stage, you know? We're like the only ministry that shares the stage, and they'll come in and they'll be like, share the pulpit, Brandon. And they'll post all of their videos in Red Letter Ministries, all of their stuff they're doing, and no other ministry that I know of does that. But they all expect us to do that. Otherwise, I'm a hypocrite. Otherwise, you know, I'm the bad guy. Why, why do they treat, you know, the sons and the daughters of God that way, with that standard, but they don't hold up all those big mega ministries of that standard? If you were to post a Joel's Bar on any of those people's pages, you'd be blocked within two seconds. Why? Why? Because you're serving people that have gifts, that have stages, that don't actually want you to grow higher than they are. They like you being their prisoners. I've tested it a thousand times. Oh, they, they don't do that. They do that. Oh, you test it. If you outgrow someone, they will kick you out and excommunicate you. That's what happened to everyone that followed Jesus in the red letters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. They were excommunicated from the synagogue because they were following a man that exposed their system was demonic and a prison system. That it wasn't even what God was doing. It was actually what Satan was doing. Is Satan doing church? Uh, have you read the Bible? Yes, Satan does church. Every time Jesus went to church, he dealt with Satan in the Bible. He even called it a synagogue of Satan in the red letters of Revelation. He calls church or organized religion a synagogue of Satan, a tabernacle of Molech and the serving of the star Rimphon. It's religion. You can operate in all the gifts of the charismatic church and be 100% inside the tabernacle of Molech and the star Remphan because the gifts of God are irrevocable. There is zero evidence you're right with God in exercising gifts. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I did not know you. This is huge because this is how the Nicolaitan sin of clergy and laity gets destroyed. That's the biggest stronghold in the charismatic church in the world. And they, they have you go to all their schools. You'll spend $100,000 on their schools one year, two year, three year. And there's just no room within their little political system. There's no room for you. Does your gift make room for you? No. The Godhead in your belly makes room for you. And it's going to be outside of organized religion. It's going to be outside of the charismatic church, guaranteed in a new earth where righteousness dwells. It's time to touch society. It's time to take every business. It's time to take all seven mountains. It's time to take our glory and let our light so shine before men that they can see our Father in us. Glorify our Father. And the works of the Father in us will be so magnificent and so bright People will just be like, oh, give me some of that. What are you on? That's the main thing they say every day. What are you on? I want what you're on. And we tell them it's the glory, and then they manifest, and they're like, oh, yeah, I doubt that. It's got to be heroin. Doubt and unbelief. Every day, every single day for 11 years of ministering the drunken glory. I want what you're on, but then I don't want the glory. 
So you're dealing with the unbelief of the carnal mind that wants God, the heart wants God, but the soul can't receive it because it's not in the natural dimension. It's wild. It's crazy. It's unknown, uncharted territory. Never learned it in school. Can't learn it in Bible college. Can't learn it really in the charismatic church. And so people come around and it's like, this is a new realm of God. Behold, I do a new thing. You've never seen it before. No one's ever seen it before. I've never seen it before. You've never seen it before. Jesus said only Father knows the time. Jesus hasn't seen it before. (laughs) Only the Father knows the time. Hallelujah. Amen. But we're all looking into these things to see them manifest on earth as it is in heaven. Problem is, is we got so much religion in us that we think it's going to be within what we've built in our mixture. And we're offended when it's outside of our little clique and our little tribe. Everyone says, Revival's coming to my city. Revival's coming to my town. Revival's coming to my church. Revival's coming my way. Revival ain't coming your way. And revival's not coming to the charismatic church. Revival's coming to the body of Christ and to the bride of Christ that takes over the universe, that takes over society. In fact, if we even begin with the book of Revelation and the standard of on earth as it is in heaven, it says in Revelation, I looked and there was no church there in heaven. And every church is like on earth as it is, well, then dissolve your church because there's no church in heaven. That's what the Bible actually says. I looked and there was no temple there for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The word temple is church, a building structure, a shelter. What are we doing? We're in shelters of 60-fold ministry, and the 60-fold ministry that we have in the charismatic church is the best churches of all time. They're not bad churches. They're the best churches that have ever been in the history of man. That's the problem. We have churches that are the most glorious churches, the best churches, the most fire-filled churches, the most gift-filled churches, even the drunkest churches, of all time. And he's still going to bust out of them. It's still an old wineskin. It still cannot contain where we're going as a bride of Christ into the promised land where it's just society-wide. Really, what you're going to have is houses. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I tell you. You're going to have many dwelling places to live in to enjoy heaven on earth everywhere. That's actually perfect biblical interpretation. If you want to be accurate to the Bible, that's what the New Testament teaches. Mansions. And people are way too religious to say, well, the offering I took in, I bought a $4 million mansion in Malibu. Oh, I'm... Every partner would cancel. Religious spirits flare up. How dare, how dare you? How dare you be prosperous and successful? And the thing about it is, is... You have to build up every single Christian spirit with grace because they're so beat up from the wilderness, they'll manifest envy and strife every time. That's why we're still in the crack house even after 11 years of telling you the truth every day is because people absolutely manifest like bonkers when you start telling them the truth because they think it's about a human being because they can't see the heart. They're totally blind by religion. They don't even know it's God the Father talking to them every single day. They think it's a man They see the flesh. They don't see the spirit. They don't see the heart. They don't see the source of the word of God. They don't see the river. They don't see God. They don't have eyes to have. They're blind. They're in religion. Tabernacle of Molech. They're under Remphon. 
you know? And they're coming out of so much religion that they don't have a grid for on earth as it is in heaven. They don't have a grid for what the apostles walked in, for what Christ walked in. Christ walked in in a ministry that is so different than what I see in public ministry today, I doubt that any church in the world would even receive the Messiah. Synagogues kicked him out. You think your church would receive him? If the synagogues that were so biblical, so accurate, oh, we're ready for the Messiah, we're ready for revival, and here he comes, and they brought him to the edge of the cliff to crucify him, to kill him, to throw him off the cliff. If we're honest with ourselves, most of us would chant, crucify him, crucify him. I'm going to stick to my religious box and the little measure of the Holy Spirit that I have right now. I'm not ready for the full-blown king of glory. That's where most of us are at right now. And we say we're not religious, we're not Pharisees. I watch how people react to the glory of God. Most people are still like, crucify him, crucify him. Keep him away from me. Don't bring that gold altar near me lest I die to self and live to Christ. Get your golden altar, Revelation 8.3, away from me. I'm not ready to lay my life down. There's things I want to do in life, and you don't care about my wants and cares and desires. You don't care about my feelings and emotions. Whoa, where'd that animal come from? Hell, that's the beast, the bottomless pit of the flesh and blood and the desires of the world, the idolatry and immorality and the sorcery of Jezebel that's in the world and why Christians are so messed up. They're not willing to become living sacrifices and especially die daily. But that's the only place where you come into the bliss. That's the only place where you come into peace and prosperity. I could see the idolatry of the golden calf over the church as I was broadcasting today. And it's a gold image around people's minds. And it's melting by the, by the fire and by the star of Bethlehem. By Jesus Christ's firepower of the solar system of the third heaven, the idolatry of the golden calf of the idolatry of the charismatic church and the bride of Christ and, and the people in the world. It's melting. You read the Bible, Moses melted the golden calf and made them drink it. And how many of y'all know that's called love? Oh, he's taking away all the things that I like. Oh my God, every day. He's taking away me. Because you're so interwoven with the natural realm, when God starts disciplining you and burning up your idols, you feel like God hates you. God's being mean to me. No, God's being mean to your devils. God's being mean to your idols. God's being mean to your ego, to your pride, to your lust, to your sorceries. God's being mean to Jezebel, to your principalities. That you have the wrong head covering. We're supposed to have the crown of the Father's life as our head covering. Most people are wearing a crown of sorcery with the tongues resting on their heads. They're not the tongues of fire of Acts chapter 2. And they are drunk on new wine. No, they're just the people that had the fire of God's tongues resting on their souls that weren't controlled by Jezebel's black and white magic witchcraft. And it's so foreign to Christians that they blaspheme it every time they see it. These men are drunk on new wine. And Peter, you know, he got up and said, Hey guys, this is Joel. They're drunk on the Holy Spirit. I'm going to pour out my spirit in all flesh. I'm going to get everybody drunk. The book of Joel says, I'm going to get everybody drunk. In Psalms it says, The Lord visited the earth and intoxicated it. Intoxicate its valleys. He's going to intoxicate its valleys. What are the valleys? The Nazareths. The ghettos. The people where they don't have any dignity. There's no respectability in the ghetto. 
There isn't zero. I mean, people you see, people walking around in shopping carts, people wearing clothes that are so crazy. It's the things we we see every day in North Minneapolis. There's no dignity in North Minneapolis. There hasn't been dignity here ever. Right, Penny? We see the craziest stuff in the ghetto every single day in the ghetto for 13 years as inner city missionaries. There's no dignity. God loves that. God, there's no respectability. I could, these people don't care what you think at all. They don't care. They're so free. They're so free that it's, you know, rebellion. They're so free. But I'm telling you, that's where God works. It's in the religious place that I'm a, I'm a good animal. I got my nice house, my nice kids. We are driving around in a Range Rover. Everyone's wearing a polo shirt. And we're just like the perfect Christian family. You know? And God can't even work with that. Just total hardness of heart because you're good in your own eyes. It's when you're undone from your respectability and from your dignity and from being good in your own eyes and you're just completely wild out here and don't care what anyone thinks. That's when God can start to really move for you. And He's only going to move through those types of people in this revival. And I'm telling you, He can just pour out His anointing. He can just spring up His glory right in someone's spirit. And they've never been to church in their life. And guess what? They'll never step foot in a church their entire life. They could literally say in 100% accuracy from the Bible, I'm from the church of Minneapolis. I'm from the church of San Francisco. I'm from the church of Chicago. And be accurate and right with God. Oh, you need fellowship? Well, yeah, I leave my house and I got a city because I learned how to love and I don't live in little chicken coops where I have segregation from little cult leaders and people that are different than me. My pastor's a hipster. My pastor went to this seminary. We got that doctrine. How many of y'all know that's cult? Because you got 100,000 different little cliques and tribes of little chicken coops of little animal systems and they're all separated and everyone's at envy and strife towards everyone else. And then they'll call the people that have the city of Minneapolis, the city of Chicago, and the city of New York as their church. You need to fellowship. You're rebellious. No. You're religious. And you serve Satan. And that's the truth. And that's biblical. I got scripture to back it up. You're wrong. We're right. And we're going to prove it. God backs up this outside-the-box revival. And He doesn't back up anything else. People will say it's going to happen in my church. Listen, your church might get some scraps off our table. And you can call it revival. But this thing is going to be as wild as Jesus Christ's first coming. And His first coming, which the word coming is parousia, the increase of the presence. The first coming, first of all, the man that led it was Elijah in the river, John the Baptist. He led it. And he was excommunicated from the synagogue and from the religious system and organized religion for a very long time. And he had to get in the river, he had to get so undone from religion in order to be a leader, didn't he? Oh, yes, he did. He got completely clean of the whole filth of Herod and the Pharisees. Just the filth. And he just stayed in the river. He stayed clean. He stayed in the Holy Spirit. And he stayed washed. He stayed baptized. And he brought everyone to the river. He said, this is a, a, a baptism for repentance, but the one that comes after me baptizes with the Holy Spirit and fire. So that's the first coming. The second coming is every son of God and every daughter of Zion will baptize in the Holy Spirit of fire. We'll baptize in the river. We'll get them all in the river. And you can't box the river. You ever try to box a river? You know, hallelujah, it just blows the box into pieces. There's no dam in this river. Sin dams the river, doesn't it? That's what the second heavens is. They're ice cold where the angels that fall from heaven, they have that ice cold second heavens frozen because they hate the river. Fallen angels, demons hate the river. 
They want an ice cold. But the river is fire. The river is glory. The river is the third heaven solar system. The, the river is what brings the, the blueprint and the pattern of God the Father and Lord Jesus Christ for original design into this earth dimension and heals the nations. It's all about the river. And the river proceeds out of our bellies and through our renewed minds. Your mind is getting renewed to the abilities of the river of life. The river of life is the third person of the Trinity called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I tell you what, we haven't even seen the full potential of the river. Why? Because we're so freaking religious. So insanely religious. And we're like, oh, I remember when I was a Pharisee. He's like, you're still a Pharisee. My God, you're barely saved. You haven't even brought your brain to the altar. You have almost no revelation. You butt heads against the sons of God every day. You barely have any freedom. Your, your life's a total disaster. I deal with these people every day. And it's like, you haven't even touched the tip of the iceberg of your own pride. I mean, if you are on the altar for 20 years burning and dying daily in third heaven fire, I mean, then you're starting to get it. Oh, well, that's going to take... Well, what else are you going to do? Serve demons? Burn! The flesh and blood are to be offered as a daily sacrifice of, of self, of pride, of lustly eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life, of the false prophet, the beast, and the red dragon. Lustly eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life is the beast and the false prophet and the red dragon, and it's all flesh and blood. So the quickest answer to all the sins that are in the world is take your bloodlines, take your souls, lay down on the altar, and let the fire of God burn you up and burn you out every day. Every day. Year after year. I've been doing this year after 20 years. Dying daily. Burning, burning, burning. Not me, but you. Not me, but you. I don't care about my life. Not my will. Yours be done. Fire. Burning. Rivers of fire. Seven torches burning. Burning the animal sacrifice of our flesh and blood that keeps us healthy. Because the fire is the love of God. This isn't a fire that kills us. It's a fire that heals us. What it kills is the devil in you. What it kills is Jezebel in you. What it kills is Leviathan and pride in you. What it kills is the demons in you, the spirits of infirmity, the lust spirits, the ancestral curses, everything wrong with you going back through Adam is what dies and burns off of you into hell, into the lake of fire, and you become a testimony of Jesus Christ's third heaven ministry on earth and, a, and an accurate representative of Christianity. But we're not very accurate in representing him because we don't die. We still live and we're like full of good ideas of how to interpret scripture and we're just religious idiots down here, blind leading the blind, and we think it's about gifts and it's, gifts are barely even part of it. Actually, the Bible says if you read it, all those gifts will fade away. If you read 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, people are like, oh, my gifts will never pass away. The Bible says all your gifts will go away. Well, when do they go away? When the Son of Righteousness appears. Why? Because gifts are, for, are to help people, but people have used gifts to help themselves. Help themselves. And they don't even question the system. They're so bewitched that they're just, they go along with every mega ministry that has a gifted person on the stage. And it's like, it's Nicolaitan to the core. It's Nicolaitan. Because... They have those gifts. You might begin to walk in some of those gifts, but they're not going to share their stage with you. It's Nicolaitan. You tolerate a Nicolaitan spirit so much, it's disgusting. The seed of Herod and the politics in the church are the worst they've ever been. And I don't care because the fire of God's going to burn it up with unquenchable fire. The river is not political and the river doesn't care about your gifts. 
The river doesn't care about your gifts. The river doesn't care about your knowledge. The river doesn't care about your name. The river doesn't even care who you know. The river cares that you're a vessel for the river. The river just looks for vessels to fill. That's why people in the Nazareth and the ghettos of the inner city just be like, really? Well, I've never been to church. They're like, don't matter. You're the church of Minneapolis. You're the church of America. You're the church of your nation. You're the church of the third heaven on earth. You're a vessel. You're a cup of the new covenant. You're a new wineskin for the river of new wine to flow through you and drown everyone you know in God's love. The new wine is the love. The fire is the love. And we're about to go completely wild in this level of love that doesn't have any mixture with religion. Religion is the strife and the comparisons and the envies and the criticalness and the judgmentalness of all this crap that you deal with every day. That's Satan and his angels working against the body of Christ. And people are like, well, aren't you working? I'm working to get the devil off the body of Christ. I'm working to get them out of shelters made by human hands and the ignorance of serving Molech and wondering why, you know, we got so many problems in the charismatic church and we'll preach about the glory of God, we'll see the glory of God, we'll taste the glory of God, but we've never had abiding, everlasting glory in 2,000 years of Christianity. It's never happened before. And it's because we've been trying to do it in our brain, in our soul, in our gifts. doesn't work that way. We need to die to our brain, into our soul, and even die to your gifts. Put on some rap music. Put on some secular music. I'll listen to beats on Apple Music. Do something non-religious. Get into sports and practice the presence and get all that religion burnt out of you. I'm not talking about backing off from the river. Do it in the river. And you'll see that Jesus Christ is the least religious person you've ever met in your life. He's less religious than Snoop Doggy Dog. He's less religious than all these people and all these celebrities. He's less religious than, I mean, whatever example you're looking up to now, and, you know, hallelujah. And I know there's a lot of religious people right now, so they're not looking to looking down upon them. Those people are worldly people. I only listen to Christian rap. Is this Christian music? You are demon-possessed. I'm telling you, the tabernacle of David, there's no Christian and non-Christian. It's glory or witchcraft. You're demon-possessed. Your forms of Christianity that are about good and evil in your brain has filled you with Satan and self-righteousness in your heart. And you compare yourself to others about works and knowledge. That is the seed of Cain who murdered his brother. That is the seed of the Pharisees that I'm better than you by my works and by my knowledge. Oh, you're dealing with Satan in these people. And how do you deal with Satan? Get behind me, Satan. How does he get behind you? By drinking the river. Drinking the river. Manifesting the river. Staying in the river. Staying watch. The river is the only demon-free zone that the earth has ever had. Even in Genesis, four rivers through the garden. And every place through the Bible, Ezekiel 47, Revelation 22, it's always been about the river of the Holy Spirit. Daniel chapter 7, how Babylon, the first Babylon fell, I, see, I saw a river of fire proceeding from the throne. Daniel 7. He sees a river and proceeding from... And that was the end of Babylon. Well, if once you see the river in you, it's the end of Babylon, the great bride of Christ. And stop trying to find it on the outside of you like bewitched chickens with your heads cut off. Finally, realize the glory is the river of the Holy Spirit in you and that you are the temple. Ezekiel 47. The river proceeds from the temple. 
That's the fulfillment of John 7.38. That you are the temple of the river now. <laughs> and if you ever think it's about you, you cut yourself off from God and get puffed up in pride and leave the river and start building pyramids. So most people that tasted the river, they get puffed up and think it was something about me. I'm real gifted. I'm real special. I'm a special one. I'm a gifted one. And yeah, the river's special. Jesus is special. And Jesus is in you. You're actually an animal that's saved by grace. And if you don't think you're an animal, you're bewitched. These are the days of Noah. The only one good down here is Jesus Christ having mercy on us. <laughs> we all deserve to go to hell way more than we realize. Especially the religious people practicing self-righteousness, which is the darkest wickedness of hell. That I'm better than you because I know something in my Christian information. That is satanic witchcraft. That is murder. All of it's grace. And he shares this river of the spirit of grace from the throne of grace to people that don't deserve it and they get thankful and they manifest him. But if we think it's about us, we leave the grace of the Lord Jesus and we start building systems. They're called pyramids. They're outside the river. You can even have a taste of the river in there. They'll call their churches the river, but it's not the river. You know, and they'll cut, watch it. It'll be like, oh, you know, that's going too far. It's not going far enough. You'll never have the true revival of the Great Awakening of the end times inside buildings made by human hands. On the mountain of the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, he brought Peter, James, and John, and the first thing they did is like, let's build shelters. Let's build churches on the mountain. Mount Hermon, where the fallen angels first fell and took on wives and created Nephilim. Mount Hermon. Jesus Christ transfigured on Mount Hermon. And so they're up there and they're like, what's the sinful reaction of, of the unrenewed carnal animal nature? Build churches. One for Elijah, one for Moses, and one for the Father. And, and it says, the Bible says, they did not know what they were saying. How many people don't know what they're saying and are just religious idiots? How many? They don't know what they're talking about. They're not practicing righteousness. It's just information in their brain. They don't know what they're saying. It's just blah, blah, blah. It has no authority. It's not backed by the heavenly Sanhedrin. The 24 elders don't know what you're doing, but you think you're doing it for God because it's a good idea and you probably got confirmation from Jezebel and a false Holy Spirit and a false lying sign of wonder to go with it. So your life could be a lie and destroyed by Satan and you never serve the, the true internal Jesus. Jezebel will confirm all of her witchcraft to you with lying visions, lying dreams, lying miracles, lying signs, lying wonders, lying healings. Lying healings are in the Bible. Well, because if a demon is in you and he comes out of you, by Beelzebub we cast out demons. You know, Satan can heal people. I'm not saying that Satan is healing people, in certain, but he is in other places. I'm telling you, Satan works with Satan to deceive you to stay in Satan. And how do you know it's Satan? Serving all the external lights that fell from heaven. They'll be all God outside-minded. And they'll not know God on the inside. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I didn't know you. The pure in heart know him. The pure in heart see God. They see the river. It's all about returning your brain to the river, knowing God, and staying a sacrifice, an animal sacrifice, a living sacrifice. People are not humble enough to consider their bloodline and their souls animals, but the book of Enoch calls them animals. Jesus calls you animals. Revelation calls you the mark of the beast. The beast is the animal nature of the flesh and blood of humanity. Wow. So we're not as saved as we thought we were, that's for sure. 
People get offended by it because they're religious and they're full of pride. The main enemy we deal with that fights the spirit of prophecy, that fights the spirit and the power of Elijah, that fights the river of life, that only wants you to have heaven and earth, is the red dragon, the pride of life. That I'm something in my soul. That I don't need the mind of Christ. I don't need to obey. I don't need to bring sacrifice. I can just do it in my own brain and do my own thing out here, work iniquity, and be a Christian witch. That's the attitude of the majority of Christians in the world. That I can just be a good animal. I don't actually need to die and let Christ live through me. I can just have good ideas, be a good steward, have my ideas fulfilled, and if God disagrees with me, screw God, my way or the highway. That's how most Christians act. So we beat our heads against a wall until we're so beat up that we finally come broken back to the river, and then He heals us, and then we go astray again. And then He gives us our spouse that we prayed for for 20 years, and we go astray again. And it's exactly like the patterns of rebellious Israel in the Old Testament. <laughs> we don't seek Him 24-7. We're not desperate 24-7. We don't press in 24-7. We press in until we get the breakthrough, and then we're complacently satisfied. This is all I ever wanted in life. I'm not going any further. I've dealt with 100,000 people like that already in ministry the last 13 years. They couldn't go any further because they were happy. They just got a family, and that was it. You know, okay job, nice family. We all pray in tongues, but we're not pressing in. We're not on fire. We're still complacent in the animal nature. We're living as mere animals, and we're not transfiguring our minds to become the ark of Noah, to become the ark of glory, to become the manifest tabernacle of David on earth as it is in heaven. The greatest thing about the tabernacle of David is it was completely outside the prescription of Levitical law. It was wild and free, and not a single thing of it was in the Bible. It was completely unbiblical. David's tabernacle was completely unbiblical. It was all about glory and freedom and enjoying God. That's how this revival will be. They'll be like, that's not in the Bible. Well, David's tabernacle, the glory's not in the Bible. You know, every, everything about freedom's not in the Bible. Microwave's not in the, in the Bible. Your car's not in the Bible. 99% of your natural existence is not in the Bible. Maybe it's because you're not in the Bible, in the Lamb's Book of Life, because you're a frickin' Pharisee. Straight up, real talk, on the one. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow, partner with Red Letter Ministries. If you got idolatry, so big time, offend your demon spirit and your poverty spirit, donate at redletterman.com and get a breakthrough. Amen.